Hi everybody, I'm Peter Travers. This is Popcorn, where we tell you what's happening at the movies. And uh, there's two movies out right now that both happen to have Adam Driver in them. One of them is Patterson from Jim Jarmusch, the other Silence from Martin Scorsese. I don't know, this guy is uh, working with some amazing people. You are. Yeah. How, yeah. What's that trick? Tell all those young actors out there how that can happen for them. Being around. That's what you do? You just <laughs> persistent? Yeah, I just hang outside their apartment Stalking. and they come out eventually. Yeah. Know, and I pounce on them and threats and bribes. It's all, <laughs> and a lot of luck, actually. I've been very lucky. Which were, the luck is what's more than the bribes and the threats. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's start with uh, Patterson. Because here, it's so strange when you describe the movies you're in. This is a movie yeah, about right. a guy from Patterson, New Jersey, who is named Patterson, yeah. who drives a bus and is a poet. Mm -hmm. So when you hear <laughs> that first, what do you say? Of course. Uh, well, yeah, well, because it was Jim. Yeah, uh, I, of course. Not, he was extra, uh, desc describing it to me in my first meeting, but I already was like, uh, I, I would do it, you know, if it was. Uh, a movie about a, a poet who's a window washer or mm -hmm. just a, or just window washing or someone who makes jam any anything that he is doing i'm interested in it's okay yeah yeah, I mean. yeah. He, he he always makes his joke on sets he's like we really got to get this right because dozens of people watch my movies so he's uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's very aware that it's not it won't it's not a mass uh, audience but uh, no it's not a star wars experience when you work not. for jim john <laughs> no, it's just right. People yeah. don't come up to you at restaurants and say, <laughs> "Right, yeah, William Carlos Williams." Williams. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, see, that's that's what's so fascinating to me because it could sound on the outside because the reference to William Carlos Williams, the poem that he wrote, the epic poem that he wrote about yeah, Patterson. Patterson, but it's not a movie of with there's any kind of pretentiousness in it. It's a movie in which this guy is doing his job, talking to his wife, walking his dog and writing about that in a very kind of everyday way. Yeah, he's he's a, happens to be in the military. They make a reference to that at the very beginning, but he's not defined by it. Mm -hmm. He's a bus driver who just so happens to be a poet, and the same in reverse. He's a poet who just so happens to be mm -hmm. a bus driver who happens to live in Patterson. He doesn't put any judgment or any preconceived idea. That he, he likes to subvert uh, audiences' expectations and doesn't dumb anything down for mm -hmm. his audience. And it's very, it's structured like a poem. It's over the course of seven days. It's, you know, he's actually in a marriage, or a, a not marriage necessarily, but a relationship that works, you know, where mm -hmm. they give each other mutual space and respect. And the the events that do kind of happen are so undramatic that, uh, that it's almost funny that um, it, well, it speaks to his sense of irony or well, it, it doesn't of humor. Ha it doesn't have a moment of cynicism in it. Right, right. And that's hard, I think. An audience is sitting there saying, well, what's your story? Right. What's her story? Right. You know, what's happened? But it, it's just not there. Yeah. There's like mutual support. It asks more questions than it gives any answers, mm -hmm. which I think is surprisingly a rare thing to get to play. Well, now you're reading this poetry and voiceover on the screen. Who wrote that? Who wrote those poems that you? Ron Paget, this mm -hmm. po uh, poet, wrote the who Jim knew for years and years. Wrote the poems for the movie. There's a scene with the girl who, who reads a poem that was written by Jim, but uh, the rest of the poems are all written by by mm -hmm. him. Um, and that's basically it. That's uh, I didn't really have a knowledge of poetry before going into it, but you know, discovering. I think I've been to a lot of those like bad poetry readings that you go to we in college, have. you know, yeah. where it's read kind of like from a mountaintop as opposed to like a conversation, which a lot of the New York School of Poets uh, uh, mm -hmm. 
kind of it's almost written for one person and it's more intimate, which I really like. And there's no, um, I think the only thing that we saw in common, Jim and I, about reading the poems is that they're not um, like have that tone of pretension where you're, 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 you're being shown that this is important because it's poetry. You know, there's no emotion in it. It's mm -hmm. just uh, making it as clear as possible. And hopefully it's the, you know, it's the audience's job to have an emotional reaction to it or not. You know, it's not really our job to yeah. tell an audience how they should feel about poetry. But look what happens when you're doing silence for Martin Scorsese. You are playing a Jesuit priest right. in, in Japan, a Portuguese Jesuit priest in Japan yeah. in the 17th century, mm -hmm. uh, converting people in a country that doesn't want to see you. Right. And, well, no, we yeah. see a lot of bad things happening when that's happening. And you lost a massive amount of weight to do this. Yeah. What did you lose? Uh, 50, 51 pounds. That's like, come on. Yeah, it's a lot. What was yeah. left of you? Yeah, not a lot. <laughs> just pure rage. Pure rage. Yeah. It was that. That was all there. Yeah, just dragging Drag my knuckles every was, time I walked. Did uh, you have no popcorn then? No po in this Actually, intro. popcorn's not so bad. There's not a lot of calories in it. So it's good. It could have <laughs> right. been if you yeah. were going to do that. But you're in Taiwan shooting this. Right? Taiwan, yeah. So what do you do then? You just absolutely saturate yourself in this kind of life uh, for the months that you're there? Yeah, we Andrew and I went to like a uh, a Jesuit retreat and uh, Saint. Uh, it's called but Saint Andrew Buenos. Garfield didn't lose fifty one pounds. He did. He didn't no. know, but we we're both losing, losing the same uh, <laughs> weight at the same time, and we would uh, talk about food and you know uh, bond over that. But and also like a, <laughs> you could talk about it, but not eat it. Yeah, not yeah. Yeah. And I also got really obsessed with cooking. Where uh, I, I somehow I feel if like I broke it down into like. Um, you know, what is uh, omega-3? Then suddenly it t turned into not food, but more of like this collection of chemicals that we, you know, uh, and I would kill someone for yams. Like if there, there was street yams that mm -hmm. uh, in Taiwan that uh, you find, like I'll take my firstborn, just give me a f***ing yam. Just like, give me that street, <laughs> I like that yeah. it's a street yam. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but no, did you treat yourself to that at the last two <laughs> Yeah, I had that and a pizza and like duck tongue, which is like kind of like a local thing that they always said. It's like it's just like popcorn. Popcorn, actually, duck to tie it all back, yeah. tastes just like chicken. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. it's just no, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, this is a tough movie. Silence. It's a tough movie to say to people. You're going to see a movie about faith, about how hard it is mm -hmm. um, to maintain it if you have it in the first place. Right. Uh, what do you do with your doubts about it while you're doing it? What kind of discussions? were happening between you and Andrew and, and Scorsese about playing A, a lot of that. Priests. Obviously, this is like a religious boundaries were, you know, yeah. and set in the 17th century, so that's, that's the boundaries that we're working in. But even the, since we're talking about losing weight, even something like that, uh, um, uh, religion is almost a, a substitute for any kind of faith. If you have um, anything that you kind of believe in, it's not just as simple as you make the decision to do that thing and it's easy from there. You, uh, just losing weight. It's uh, filled with doubt and second guessing or being an actor. Um, suddenly you realize so many things that are involved in your job have really nothing to do with your job and it makes you question what it is you're doing to begin with. You're losing weight to tell this story, but uh, is it really having an effect on, uh, like, will that story come across? Is it even necessary? You know, mm -hmm. uh, can I even do it? Can I make it last that long? Or you're in a marriage, you know, uh, you made a commitment to be in marriage. It's not obviously not simple. You have to like invest time in it. You don't know if you want to do it anymore. You know, uh, so it's obviously religion is almost for me. I think a, an analogy for for any kind of uh, 
anything that you've de decided to devote your life to that commitment. you believe You're in. A commitment. Right. To, so yeah. those are the kind of things that we talk about. And then they'd always kind of end with, yeah, but we're all going to die. So uh, <laughs> we'll <laughs> hopefully make a decision that uh, we're living this life now when we make these kind of seemingly arbitrary choices of how we're going to live our life. But uh, who can really say at the end of it all if it was worth it or not, you know? You're rare. Uh, among a lot of actors that are out there in that you really jump around in the worlds that you occupy when you do this. People could see you on Girls yeah. and then have one opinion because that's, even though it's not the first thing you've done, it's the first thing that's like a breakthrough where people are saying, oh, is, is Adam Driver just like the Adam he's playing on this show? Right. I mean, that would be the first time in your life where people are recognizing it. Yeah, yeah. Well, but again, I, like that's where I've been lucky in getting parts that I've got to do different things. I, obviously, people don't understand. Maybe don't understand. Or it's like you're an actor, mm -hmm. so it's your job to, uh, or hopefully, you get the opportunity to play different kind of people. But you're not defined by any one of them. Hopefully, mm -hmm. you know. But I've also been lucky that people have, uh, you know, asked me to do things where I get to kind of stretch different muscles or do work within different mediums and uh, play different characters that aren't all in their 20s, you know, living in Brooklyn, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But even that for me, like I'm not, uh, that wasn't my 20s experience in my mm -hmm. 20s. Uh, like a, um, that's not how I behave. It's not my story, but it's my job to interpret, you know, Lena's vision or <laughs> I'm like hearing myself say all these very actory things, things. but, it, but it's, it's true. It's Lena's vision. <laughs> right. I, right. I have no I responsibility. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> right. I know her. Uh, She's not going to let me. Of course she would, though. But of I can't course she would, I can't but she's control. a very collaborative uh, yeah, person. I can't control if people have that opinion of me. You, you can't. Know. No. It's no, not. but I'm saying a TV show people live with. Sure. It's not like, well, you did this play and you did this and now it's over. Now they go back to it. Yeah, it's, it's the last season now. Did you finish yeah, it? Yeah, we just finished it, yeah. Well, that must have been a sad moment. It is, yeah. Well, what was the goodbye day like? You know, it kind of felt like a normal day, although mm -hmm. we like, you know, went out to dinner and drinks afterwards mm -hmm. and that we don't usually do that. Uh, but I, I don't think it'll really hit me until the next summer when, you know, I'm not doing it, you know, because we shoot on the summers for the past six years or, or suddenly I start seeing those people less than I have. You know, it's all bittersweet. Yeah, no, you'll call Lena and she'll say, who? Uh, like, no, I can't. Uh, right. I'm sorry. To do. You didn't take anything of Adam's to, to uh, have with you forever? Do you keep little totems of the... Yeah, there's like these sweatpants that I took. But uh, Do they I mean, know that? Does she know that? You yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Also because I don't like have a lot of clothes that fit me because I'm like a Sasquatch. So... Uh, <laughs> It was more, not less out of sentimental, more just like a practical, I needed sweatpants. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a grown man. I should have a pair of sweatpants, finally. <laughs> and I'm taking these yeah, because right. they're mine, you know? <laughs> right. But then you do something like that, and you do your Kylo Ren in The Force Awakens, in a Star Wars movie that nothing is... You must be relieved now that there's another Star Wars movie, and everyone else can take some of the... Oh, Rogue One? <laughs> yeah, 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 Rogue One. It's <laughs> yeah, just right. You're not in it. I'm not You're in it. just yeah. not there at all. You'll <laughs> be in the next one. Yeah. But what happens with when you play that villain, that Vader-esque person, as he should be? That would create an audience that would come up to you on the, wouldn't they? They would say, oh, yeah. "I want to touch the robes." Aggressively, yeah. Want to touch you? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Or like punch you? 
punch no, you. Really? Not, actually, not so much. It's mostly no. like little kids and their parents. They'll you know, punch you at all times. Yeah. yeah, and they're at the certain height that's uh, more dangerous than other people. <laughs> yeah, I guess it would be. But they're very. They're very. Ex- I think the kids part of it is what makes it really fun. You know, um, and like Halloween and Christmas time, it's it's very it's a, it's very fun to be part of. Like um, I was that age, not when Star Wars came out, but. Uh, remember discovering them at that time and uh, like to be able to meet someone from the movie would seem like a crazy thing to me. I have a lot of kids in our building so it's like you know good morning Kylo Ren say like, hello you know <laughs> how are you could you like shut up in the mornings like running around upstairs you know oh okay you know bye bye you know but that part of it's fun it's the you know the people track you down or you know like your size I mean that still can be kind of fun too I would have stolen something from that set yeah Sweatpants? Kylo was really wearing sweatpants. Yeah, sweatpants on the dark side, yeah. Yes. His <laughs> workout it. outfit that it's just his favorite one. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. That is what he yeah. does to yeah. do that. It's lightsaber practice. I, I, you know, I still am just very struck by and um, admiring of you for what you've been able to pull off. That you, this year too, you're in a, a movie by a director, a new director that I admire tremendously called Jeff Nichols. Oh, yeah. In Midnight Special to do that. Oh, yeah. You've worked with Noah Baumbach, the Cone Brothers. That's a pretty good career, yeah. Adam Driver. I know, yeah. Yes, and yet that beginning, when I was reading about you and doing this, that when you became a Marine, when you were feeling not everything was acting, you, what, can you just describe that story? It was after 9-11 that you decided to do this? Yeah, it was post-September 11th, um, mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of people my age at that time um, in the Midwest, you know, or not in the Midwest necessarily, but were wanted... You're from, like, Indiana? Indiana, Indiana that's Indiana, where I was yeah. raised, yeah. Um, wanted to do something, felt like we were of the age that coupled with I wasn't doing anything. It was like telemarketing and not, you know, living in the back of my parents' house, paying rent and... Familiar, a familiar life to many people. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I wanted to be involved, and in, in all my friends who were like wanted to join, but I was the only one that did, and um, and so I so I did. I like uh, by January or February the next year, I I was gone off in a boot camp uh, in the Marine Corps, and um, which has to be a different life. I don't know what your life growing up in Indiana was like. I don't presume to know it. It was uh, different, yeah. It's yeah not this full is of a regiment and, and you know machine guns, but uh, <laughs> really, what? <laughs> it's always been my image of Indiana. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just what it's like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was. Yeah, it's different. It's um, it's good. You're you're around a lot of uh, other not necessarily like-minded people. I think that's what makes it unique. It's from a, a it's diverse. Uh, in age and race, everyone's from a different world. They have different reasons for joining the military. Some are patriotic. Some are, you know, for a green card. Some uh, because they're following a, a, like a family history and those mm-hmm. kind of mixture of people. Suddenly, you uh, the political reasons that you joined or any um, you know agenda that you had kind of goes away, and and it turns into these random strangers from a cross section of the United States that you normally would have nothing in common with have this immense bond where not often in the civilian world, not often in the civilian world are you put in like a life or death circumstances with like your closest friends and then Mm -hmm. during that experience they rise to the occasion and kind of, uh, you know, um, uh, aren't stressed out about it and show you that they're there to watch your back, that they're there for you, you know, that after you kind of have that experience it's hard to kind of find 
the same thing in the civilian world, you know, which is difficult getting out. Suddenly you're looking for that structure, that camaraderie, uh, you know, that relationship with people, but there's not a lot of places that, one, you can put the skills that you learned in the military. I was in the infantry, mm -hmm. so it's like, a, unless you're like at a, a security guard or, you know, a, a, a cop, you, you, you know, your, your weapons knowledge really doesn't apply. Uh, <laughs> uh, or you're just uh, picking up a lot of trash. I did that in the military. Or, or you, the relationships you have with these, you know, random strangers, it's uh, uh, kind of hard to find that. And, and you're aware of how much things you can do in a day. So uh, suddenly you're around a bunch of civilians who are like, seem like to waste all this time. And it's They're a, not disciplined. It's a weird adjustment. Yeah. <laughs> But for acting is good, for, you know, it was a good thing that I found because you can apply all those things. You know, it's the same thing as the military, this group of people that yeah. are pretty much strangers that you're forced to be intimate with in a short amount of time uh, to make the best version of, of it that you can. In and a, if in they're a few machine months. guns, they're fake. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it's not, it isn't <laughs> right. going to be a matter of life and death. Yeah. You know, it's just about that career. But what changes about you then as, uh, did you then after? The Marines decide this is, I'm now determined to act. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah, I was interested in acting before, but something about getting out of the military and thinking that, you know, judging civilians, this is me, mm -hmm. I don't know about everybody else, but you're, um, you don't want to, you don't want to waste the time that you have. You're very aware that uh, of your mortality, maybe at a younger mm -hmm. age. And I'm like, well, I've had this experience, this military experience. Surely being a civilian is not as complicated. You know, like I can wait for milk, you know, or cut coupons. Like I can do that. You know, if it doesn't work out in, in New York, I'll live in Central Park. I, you know, I can do that to pitch a tent somewhere. So I, I was less scared of sure like, of uh, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, we just saw a guy pitch a tent uh, uh, just outside this uh, the building right now. Yeah. Uh, it was Kylo Ren. Yeah, <laughs> yes. good morning. Yeah, right. yeah you're right. pitching a tent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I could could survive. I I thought so. I decided to. I, then I was lucky enough to get into school here. So that's what brought me to New York. But you're doing something now for military audience in mm -hmm. terms of theater. Can you explain what that is? Yeah, we, we bring contemporary American theater for a military audience. We just read plays or monologues from plays that are diverse in age and race like a, a military audience is. So it's active friends of yours that, that you bring in to do this. Right. We go to like uh, Walter Reed Medical Center in Bethesda, Maryland, or you know, Camp Arif John in Kuwait, or Osan in South Korea. Osan Air Base, and we'll just perform. No sets, no costumes, no lights. We'll just read the material, and that is not really directly related to the military. And uh, people really get it what we're after. It's not. Is the reaction? Do they can they ask questions about it? Oh, can, sure. We have a talk yeah. back afterwards, and everyone's like, "Thank God for don't for not bringing another." I mean, they like uh, kind of dumbed down troop entertainment. We're not bringing like a handshake. I mean, like nothing against uh, people that want to support the military and whatever capacity but it's not we're not dumbing anything down for a military audience that they can't comprehend a play because mm -hmm. they're in the military we're not trying to say that we have a, um, that they won't get it just because of their environment and they appreciate what we're doing and they understand the relationship it's uh, obviously in this country not to keep monologuing about it but with one percent of the you know countries serving in the military there's a civilian military divide is very vast so uh, obviously, acting is what I am most passionate about and, and would uh, 
theater particularly, I think is like provides a good way, a platform for people to express themselves. And I was told a lot that the uh, military audience wouldn't get theater, you know, so we created a project mostly out of anger to prove those uh, people wrong and present characters. There's that rage again. I know, yeah. There it is. If it it's constructive, it's good. Constructive you know, rage. That it, you know, present characters that hopefully they would resonate with them that wasn't specifically military or civilian and, you know, they would uh, get what we were doing, and they have. I just think that's admirable, and oh, people thanks. don't think it would happen. I mean, right. the idea of it, I think, only came from the fact that you were there, that you were... Yeah. with those guys. Yeah, then got out and went to school where I'm like, oh, it's, there's yeah. value in finding language to express yourself. Yeah. You know, then yeah. when I do, I'm less angry. Mm. Back to the rage. So are you not angry now, Adam? Is this a good time? You're it's just good, thinking, yeah. There's it's food. Good, there's food. There's, there's, <laughs> Pop, there's like no anger. Yeah. Well, it's the first time you've been on the show, so you don't know that we always end in song. Oh, that we sing? We sing, oh, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll do it with you if you want, but yeah. I'd much rather that it would be. Well, you're a musician, though, right? This no, is, no, no. Oh, come on. I <laughs> nope, no, What is that? No, no, no. Suddenly, I have all these fearless <laughs> actors, and when I ask for a little snippet of music, <laughs> they start to sweat. And yeah, go, this sounds like what? a nightmare. What? This is horrible. Yeah. I can't. I, what are you asking me? I could listen to you sing. No, I'll only do it with you, but if. You, no, you're going to throw that at no, me? No, no, I'm just going to no, hold it. I really felt that. I saw some <laughs> anger. I thought, here it goes. Okay. People have thrown it at me. Really? Yeah. Oh, but no, no it could gonna... be a pleasant song. It could be, you know, back home again in Indiana. What were your parents singing to you when you would wake up and they'd say, good morning, Kylo Ren? No, they'd say, good they morning, say, piece of you're another money suck in this household. <laughs> you know, I gotta feed what song you. What follows that? <laughs> uh, happy birthday. <laughs> right. Good morning, money suck. Yeah, to yeah. do that. You know? <laughs> money suck. There must be a song in your head and in your heart, Adam Driver. Oh, no songs in my heart. It's a black it's heart. A, it's, yeah, a, it's, a, it's a black heart. So just world. in the head, you're not even singing to the Marines. No, we didn't. We didn't sing to each other a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I got a song in me. I gotta get out. <laughs> you yeah. just, you do. You gotta say that yeah. to them. Yeah, you might Haven't know you it. Have you seen La La Land? You are it's my all... sunshine. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, no, I'm not gonna do that. Do, so, just a piece of it. You were almost there. No, no, no. Adam, what's, what's you were almost uh, there. Robert De Niro. Twinkle, twinkle. Okay, we can do that. Twinkle, twinkle, little yeah, star. Yeah, I think I can even handle that. Okay. Okay. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. How, how I wonder what you are. That's it. Up above the world so high. When I'm done, I'm gonna die. <laughs> like we all do. do. We all do. We end in death. That's Twinkle. what I wanted for the okay, holidays. Good, good. Yeah. More than anything. I think we should end in death. Uh, yeah, that's just That was there. it. I didn't yeah. think Merry that was going to happen. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. We all die. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so great yeah. that we met and that this happened. Yeah, and same, that death yeah. became the subject yeah. of everything. <laughs> and is. rage. And yeah. rage. So yeah, nice meeting you. It really is. With the exception of the last five minutes. No, come on, that was great. Oh, you Jesus. have to admit that was it. Hard. Okay, that wraps up another edition of the Popcorn with Peter Travers podcast. If you liked it, be sure to subscribe and rate us. You can also find Popcorn on Twitter and Facebook at Popcorn ABC News. I also want to thank the people who helped produce this podcast. Angela Williams, Brian Fudge, Josh Cohen, David Fazekas, David Miller, Michael Rothman, Alexa Valiente, and the head of ABC News Digital, Dan Silver. I'll talk to you next Friday.